Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. If you have your Bibles, turning to the book of Numbers chapter 20 and at verse number 8, Numbers chapter 20 and at verse number 8. Thank you so much, praise team, for leading us in the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Numbers chapter 20. One verse of scripture at verse number 8. Don't miss Tuesday night, Lord willing. Uh, we're going to continue on in our end time Bible study series. How many enjoyed getting into end time prophecy a couple weeks ago? So we are going to be on New World Order Part 2. Days after I taught it, days after I taught it, some of you texted me the clip of our president talking about a new world order. Wait till I show you some video clips Tuesday night of the Global Leadership Summit that happened three days ago and they had a whole symposium on a new world order. A one-world currency that would lead to a one-world banking system and a one-world government. Amen. People automatically say, oh, that's conspiracy stuff. They're saying it in the open. Be here Tuesday night. If you know somebody that is into, uh, that is has questions or, or is talking to and being aware, get them to the house of the Lord. Amen. Tuesday night, because we're going to end with a, a bang of victory. Amen. Jesus name verse number 8 of number chapter 20 take the rod and gather thou the assembly together thou and Aaron thy brother and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes and it shall give forth his water everybody say his water thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock so that so Thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. I love that phrase. And it shall give forth his water. Amen. His water. Thou shalt bring forth water to them. Water out of the rock. I want to preach to you today for a few moments on this subject. Water from the rock. Water would you pray with me right now Lord Jesus we thank you for your word we thank you for anointed singing and powerful music and worship Lord I thank you that there is such a beautiful spirit of unity God and I pray that you would anoint me this morning to speak your word as you have transmitted it to me Lord let it bring salvation into somebody's life let it bring healing into somebody's body breakthrough and deliverance into their spirit oh God May we leave here different than the way that we've come. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Give the Lord another praise if you would. Be seated. 
God bless you. You can be seated. This is a powerful story of Moses and the children of Israel being in the desert as they are being delivered from Egypt through the desert on the way to the promised land. So many types and shadows here of Scripture and so many uh, examples and parallels given to us in the Word of God. Egypt being a type of the world, being a type of sin, amen, and the promised land that is Jericho, that land that flows with milk and honey, being um, a place of, that we would liken unto heaven. That is our ultimate goal in serving God. But between the deliverance and the destiny, there's a desert. Amen. Living for God is likened unto a desert. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good because I know Joel Osteen and the other soul hustlers on TV have told you that if you just follow them, then everything's just going to be peaches and cream and tiptoeing through the tulips and there's going to be no issue. But if you, when you live for God, you're going you're gonna to go through a desert. Amen. Because it's from glory to glory, but between the glories, there's some desert. From oasis to oasis, there's desert, there's snakes, there's bandits, there's heat, there's storms, there's drought. So if you say that, who would want to live for God? People that would want to get out of Egypt. Amen. I, I, I'm tired. We got this postmodern idea of salvation that's been promoted in the last 40 years that that if once you give your life to God, everything's supposed to be easy. But it's totally the opposite. Jesus said, come follow me so everybody will hate you. Amen. Now, I'm not in the, um, I'm not in the nearly inspired version of the Bible. I'm, I'm in the written word right now. Amen. If you give your life to, to start serving God because you want everybody to love you, you need to start going away. You're in the wrong. Start giving away snow cones and ice cream. Everybody will love you. But start living for God the way the Bible says. And all of a sudden, you will find out not everybody's excited about your journey with God as you are. That's why there's a desert somewhere between. Somewhere between deliverance and destiny is a desert. But here's the good news. God will provide and care and protect you through the desert. The desert was never meant to be comfortable. I'm going to teach a little bit. This old coon dog can still hunt, and I got one treed right now. My tail's a wagon, and I'm a howling right now. It's not supposed to be easy. The desert's not supposed to be home. You know, that's why our hymnals, back when our when, when I was growing up in church, I, matter of fact, I was telling somebody this. I said, you know, I'm, I'm young. I'm only 41, but the church I grew up in, we only sang out of the hymnals. We were about 30 years behind the time. We only sang out of hymnals. Uh, we, they didn't believe in drums. That was rock and roll. Couldn't have drums in the church. Most of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Couldn't have drums. Your, your rhythm section was a kibasa and a tambourine. And, and, and they started feeling really liberal. They put a tambourine with a skin on it, so you had a snare drum. 
two or three acoustic guitars, an organ, an upright piano, and a banjo, and an accordion. We had accordions going. And we sang out a hymnal. Now, three-fourths of the songs we sang were about heaven. Let me say that again. About 75% of our songs were about heaven. Why? Because when those songs were written, the church wasn't accepted in the world. Bankers wouldn't give churches loans to buy buildings. Not Pentecostal churches. We've been accepted now, but we weren't accepted back then. They, they wouldn't let us buy land in town. They, they ostracized us. They were people were persecuted. I mean, really, per, not microaggression, literally aggression for being saved. If you were an apostolic, you were Pentecostal, you were persecuted all the way up until the late, mid, late 1970s. You were singled out and you were made fun of. And so they would sit down and write songs like this. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels are beckoning me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Lord, you know, I, I don't have a friend like you. If heaven were not my home, Lord, what would I do? Because the desert was a desert. And they were ready to get out of here. We would sing songs like, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? And we all knew what yonder was. Yonder was heaven. We used to sing songs like, I'll fly away. Oh, glory, I will fly away. When I die, hallelujah, bye bye, I'm going to fly away. Because this world is not my home. Hallelujah. We'd sing songs about heaven's jubilee. Why? Because we were in a desert. We weren't accepted. First fight I ever got in in school was a good old fist fight because we were holy rollers, they called us. And I got sick of being called a holy roller and being made fun of for going to a tongue-talking church. And me and my brother stood back to back and we took on about six or seven other boys and we shed blood for the gospel's sake. Amen. We were tired of being made fun of, amen. They made fun of us all the time because we weren't like them. We, 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 didn't be, we, we believed the Bible and we weren't a, a secular accepted Christianity, amen, because the desert was never meant to be comfortable. The desert was supposed to induce within you a desire to get home. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to tell you, living in this old sinful world, this old rotten, stinking, sin-filled world ought to make you wake up every day and, and say, Lord, just get me. I'm ready to go home to be with Jesus. I, I, I can't tell you the last time I've been in a prayer meeting and heard multiple people crying out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. When I was a kid at prayer meeting, you'd hear 50 or 80 people in unison chanting and singing out loud in prayer. Oh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come and take your church out of here. You want to know why? The world wasn't comfortable for us. The desert wasn't comfortable for us. And you know what? God never meant the desert to be a place to live, just a place to pass through. In other words, we're pilgrims in a strange land. 
I'm a citizen of another world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We used to sing, wait do you see, wait do you see my brand new home. Heavenly Father is built for me, and I'm going to occupy for free. Just wait till you see. We sing a song that says, shake hands with a poor boy who owns everything. Amen. Our parking lots didn't have nice cars in them. Our buildings weren't the nicest in town. I, I was with Bishop Keyes uh, uh, Friday, and uh, we were out, we were out, I, out, took him out fishing on his new boat and we got to talking about this very thing and we got to talking about how God's blessed the church and, and we, we don't, uh, you know, we're not sad about that. I'm thankful God's blessed the church the way he's blessed us. And we started talking about these things and how God has blessed us but we could, we could remember a time when it wasn't like this. People weren't as blessed as they are. We didn't have the best music. I thank God for the best music. But I can, I can still remember, I can still remember in most of the churches we went to, the piano player only could play in one, maybe two, if she was talented, could play in two keys. And it was usually B flat and F. That was the only two keys they knew how to play in. But my God, did they sing down the anointing. Oh my Lord, I, I can remember them now, grabbing that accordion and whipping that thing around. And banging on that piano, karate chopping it like Bruce Lee, just whoa, 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 whoa. singing out of the hymnal, and the glory of God would fall. Why? Because we weren't at home in the desert. Deborah, desert's not a place of destiny, it's a place of deliverance that you're going through. People say, Pastor, you need to pray for me. I'm living with God. I don't know if I can do this. It's a struggle. And I just want to pat him on the back and go, welcome to the club. Amen. It's not supposed to be. Said who? Said who? Even Paul said it was a struggle. He said, I forgot what's behind me, but I'm pressing for what's in front of me. The word press it doesn't mean get along. Doesn't, the word press doesn't mean tiptoeing through the tulips. Good luck translating that, Brother Roberto. It, it, it doesn't mean everything's easy. It, it means that there's resistance. Don't worry, I'm going to preach in a little bit. I kind of think I am now. but We, we, we think that Everything's got to be, and the smooth, the more smooth that, that, that our walk with God is, the happier we are. Because, oh, it's smooth. Hallelujah, it's smooth. No. No. You're going to have very few and far between on those days. But why is it like that? Because God wants you to learn to trust him in this life. I'm going to, I got to, I got to hurry. I got to get, I haven't even touched my notes yet. But just let me say this. I, 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 and I'm not old, but I, I remember I remember my grandma. This grandma I talk about all the time. She could pray paint off the walls, and then she'd command demons to repaint it. Amen. And they they would, and the angels would supervise. I mean, she could she could pray. And I remember she drove an old black Ford L Ford or LTD, and it had a little red pinstripe that went across the top and had red cloth interior. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. 
It was a boat. That's what it was. It was a boat on wheels. You needed a quarter mile to turn that thing around. But it had a V8 in it with a four-barrel carburetor, and when you hit the gas, you got gallons per mile, not miles per gallon. And I remember her driving us to church, and she, Grandma prayed over everything. She prayed over food. She prayed over people walking in their house. She prayed when, when she went to the grocery store. She prayed, she prayed over everything. So that's a little, a, a little bit obsessive, right? A little overboard. No, well, the Bible said pray always. And she took it literal. And she'd get in that car and she'd sit down and never get me and my cousin Sheldon be sitting in the back seat because we didn't want to ride up front because she, she hit them brakes pretty hard and the dashboard didn't feel good. So we rode in the back. You hit the cloth seat, it didn't hurt as bad. We didn't wear seat belts. That was, that was for sissies. We weren't going to wear a seat belt. So we'd sit in the back and get bounced around like ping pong balls. And I remember she'd get in there and she had a little covered carport. She'd get in there and she'd put the key in the ignition. She wouldn't turn it. She'd lay her hands on that car, and she'd say, Now, Lord Jesus, you know, I am going to your house. I am about your work. Keep your hand on us. Provide that we get there and we return safely. And Jesus, and she'd, she'd turn the ignition, and the thing would start up, and she'd back out. We'd cross fingers and hold breath. She didn't knock out telephone poles backing out. And she'd get out, and she'd get there. And this went on and on. And, and, and I mean, we come to find out when somebody got in her car to go, I think, to go change the oil in it, said, said, Grandma, you're on empty. She said, oh, baby, don't worry about it. She said, as long as I'm, I'm going to the house with God, everything's going to be fine. She said, but your car's on empty. She said, well, I, come to find it. She said, I hadn't had any money to put in the gas. She'd been driving it on empty 10 miles each way to church on empty in a four-door LTD Ford with a V8 four-barrel carburetor, she drove that car to church for six months on empty without putting a drop of gas in that thing. That's why she would pray and say, Lord, I'm about your business. I'm going to your house. You provide. You protect. Get me there. And, get. and I remember looking back, we would say, Grandma, go through church's chicken. Nope, that's not what I asked God to do. I asked God to get me to church and get me home. Grandma, just stop over at Kmart. They got a little Caesar's pizza in there. Nope, I asked God to get me to church and get me home. When I said, if you boys want to walk there, you can walk there. Well, I mean, it's hot enough to make the devil sigh. We didn't want to walk down that asphalt road in the middle of the summer. But she, Grandma, please, there's Dairy Queen. It's right there. All you got to do is go, and you're there. It's right Nope, boys, I asked God to get me to church and get me home. And that's what our agreement is, and that's what he's done. Six months that happened. Not a drop of gas in the gas tank. But she got us to church and back for six months. But she wouldn't stop at the grocery store. She wouldn't stop at Dairy Queen. She wouldn't stop at Little Caesar. And you knew it was God if she wasn't going to stop at church's chicken and get fried okra. She didn't stop at churches. She didn't stop at Popeye's. She didn't stop in. She went to church and she went home. And we had to go walk a mile down the road if we wanted to get something to eat that she wasn't going to cook. I said all that to say this. Life is a desert. You'd better learn to trust the shepherd as he leads you through the desert. God's blessing. Most of us have never had to trust God at that level. But I'm going to tell you this morning, you can trust God. You can trust God. 
Israel left Egypt with the promise of a land that flowed with milk and honey. God never confirmed it. God never gave them proof. God never said, here's the title deed. God said, just get up out of Egypt and I'm going to lead you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And if you're going to get out of Egypt, by the way, you've got to go through the water, which is the Red Sea, which is a typology of water baptism in the name of Jesus. And you got to follow the cloud, which the cloud, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, they were baptized in the sea and in the cloud. The sea was water baptism. The cloud was Holy Ghost baptism. If you're going to get out of Egypt, you got to go through the water and you got to go through the cloud. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. 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 And so here they are coming out of Egypt. Amen. Their first complaint was, here we are. Uh, we're at, a, we're at a, a Red Sea and we're gonna die. Amen. And, and God miraculously parted the waters. You know the story. And they went through on dry land. They had a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. First, uh, central heating and air, amen, was in the desert, praise God. Amen, they had a fire, because if you ever been in the desert at night, you know it gets colder in the mother-in-law's kiss out there. I mean, it's cold. And so God put a fire right above them, and he kept them warm at night. I got a great mother-in-law, amen. And kept them warm at night and gave them a cloud by day to keep them cool in the day. I'm gonna prove to you that your human nature will never be satisfied with provision alone. God gave them clothes that didn't wear out, shoes that never fell apart, fed them with manna every week, amen, gave them air conditioning in the day and heat at night, and they still mumbled and grumbled and complained, amen, you better learn to trust God, you better learn to hold to his unchanging hand and know that if he provided then, he'll provide for you now because living for God is about trusting God when you don't understand God. Hallelujah. I trust in things I don't understand all the time. Amen. I, had, I got up this morning. Amen. I had to get up in the middle of the night. Amen. And turn on the light switch. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Brother Ricardo, I don't know how electricity works. I, I think I got an idea. Amen. But I, I don't. Brother Henderson knows how it works. Brother Henderson's a genius with all this stuff. I don't get it. I, I know something about a negative and a positive charge. And I know that when you turn off the switch... It disconnects that flow, that current, and when you push the switch another direction, am I right, Brother Alonzo? This is pretty close. It, it makes the current go and it flows and electric. I don't understand. All, I don't understand how you can hold electricity without blowing something up. How you can suspend electricity without burning the house down. But you know what? That doesn't keep me from not touching the light switch. I just trust when I hit the light switch, it's going to do what they built it to do. I don't understand air conditioning. I, I really don't understand. Does anybody like got the scientific explanation of air conditioning? No, you don't. You don't know. I know something about 
it doesn't really, really don't cool the air. What it actually does is it, it, it either increases or decreases the humidity of the air, and therefore doing that, blowing over coals and uh, coils. And and brother uh, brother Gus isn't here because he could he's a, a, the genius at this. He could tell me all of the detail, but I don't understand it. Now, do you think because I don't understand AC, I'm going to sit in my house in the middle of August when it's 114 degrees and sit there and go, well, I don't I don't understand it and I don't trust it. Now I'm just going to sit here and pray for cooler weather. Are you 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 got to be crazy. I'm getting up. I'm walking over that thing. I'm turning, you know, electric, electric prices keep going up. And my wife, she's she's got a, a, a warmer blooded and so she, uh, or cooler or whatever it is. And I, I, she can keep it at 76 and she's fine, not me. I'm not going to be fine at 76. And I should, I'm, I've got over there at 70 degrees, 69, 70 degrees is where I keep it. And I just need it two degrees warmer than hanging meat and keeping it okay. And she'll tell me, baby, the electric bill is going to go up. It's expensive. And I said, look, I'm already paying for the house. I'm not going to pay for the house and then be miserable inside the house. Amen. Now, I've got to sell a kidney or give blood or whatever. I'm going to pay for it. But I'm not going to sit here. And, and get up, be hot because I don't understand how it works. So you can live for God miserable because you don't understand how God works and so you keep trying to fix your own problem. And you try to make your own solution to every problem. But if you would just trust that God is in control, if you'll just trust that God has everything in control, it's going to get a whole lot better for you. Amen. Amen. I got to quickly move on. And, 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 and so here was Israel. They're, they're marching through the desert. Now, I've got up on here a picture uh, uh, on Mount Horeb in the Middle East, and that is where they believe that the water came from the rock. They believe that is the rock. That water came from in the desert. It is on the path. Amen. And so as you look at that, it's not just some uh, funky rock formation. It's, it's, that's what they believe, the Jewish people believe. That's where on Mount Horeb where the water flowed from the rock. And you see that it was split. And you could see erosion. And I could go into the... Uh, um, the, the archaeology of all of that stuff, and I'm not going to get into it, amen, but, but that Moses was commanded of God to, to speak to that rock and water would flow out of it. There they were in the middle of the desert, and God was giving them water out of a rock, amen, and, and, and they were able to drink both them and their beasts, amen. So what is water? What is water? Well, we know it's, H, it's the chemical compound H2O, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Amen, it's water. Water is a necessity for life. You can't live without water. You can't live without water. Whatever will satisfy that desire in your heart today, that is the water for your situation. Water refreshes. Water renews. Water cleanses. Water is the conveyor of life because the blood in your body is largely Composed of water. You've got to have water. You've got to have water. You've got to have water. You can't live without, and you can't live without spiritual water. 
You cannot live by spiritual, you cannot live without spiritual water. You've got to have that in your life. In John chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus said that he was the living water and that if any man would drink of him, he should never thirst again. And not only that, but he said that the water that was, that was in them would flow out of them as rivers of living water. In other words, Jesus is that living water in your life that you you need, amen, if you've got a carnal thirst, you need natural water. But if you've got a spiritual thirst, you need spiritual water. John chapter 7 and verses 37 through 38, Jesus says, in the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood crying and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. I don't know what you're thirsty for this morning. I don't know what you've come here in need of specifically in your life today. But can I tell you this morning, whether you're a saint or a sinner, whether you've been here 50 years or a first time, I've come to tell you there is still water for you. There is still water that flows for your life. There is still water that can flow into your situation. Amen. Water softens. Water relieves. Water uh, signifies abundance. Did you hear me? Water signifies abundance. Water signifies abundance. I declare and I decree into your life. Amen. I decree abundance into your scarcity this morning. I declare the abundance of God in your life. I declare those things that have been in your life in lack. If you will follow him, if you will seek Jesus, I declare that you find abundance of a living water. You'll find relief from that hard situation. See, water signifies repentance unto salvation. Everybody say water. It signifies repentance unto salvation. Amen. On the last day of the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Jews bring water in a golden pitcher from the pool of Siloam, and they pour it with wine on the sacrifice on the altar with great rejoicing. This indicated repentance as it was done in 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 6. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 12 and 2 through 3, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song he also is become my salvation listen to verse 3 I love it therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation I want to say this before I begin to close if you've got salvation in your life you need joy in your life because with joy shall you draw water from the wells of of salvation. Amen. If you're saved, you're not miserable, you're glad. If you've saved, you're not miserable, you're excited. If you've had your sins washed away, you ought not be miserable, you ought not be sad, you ought not be depressed. You ought to say with joy, I'm going to draw water out of the wells of salvation. Come on, somebody go ahead and shout to the Lord this morning if you believe it. Hallelujah. Salvation. 
True biblical salvation ought to bring joy. Notice I didn't say happiness. There's a difference. Notice I didn't say happiness. There's a difference. Happiness is temporal. Happiness lasts just a little bit. I'm happy when I eat bacon. Amen. I'm, I'm really happy. Somebody said, you like bacon a lot. What's your favorite kind of bacon? My favorite is bacon wrapped bacon. And then dip it in bacon jam. Amen. I'm happy when I'm eating bacon. But I ain't happy 30 minutes later when I ain't got it no more. That's happiness. Amen. They say Disney's the happiest place on earth. It's happy when you're there. I mean, if you got a lot of money. Now, if you're paying them ticket prices. Y'all seen the ticket prices for Disneyland? Ain't a rat on earth worth that. Amen. Don't worry, Addie, we'll go. She's over here panicking. But it's, it's the happiest place on earth. You pay all that money to get a song stuck in your head, and you know which one it is, don't you? Don't even start. You pay all that money for the happiest place on earth. Your kids are happy. You ever taken your kid to Disneyland or Disney World? You know how happy they are? I mean, and you take them and you ride every one of them blasted rides. You, you buy that cotton candy and them funnel cakes and they're happy. You, go, you get them that, you know, $15 piece of junk toy, amen, that breaks and you got to hold it all day long. You're walking around, you got souvenir cups hanging off of you, amen, and, and, and you got all kinds of balloons and, and the kids are just, oh, there's, one, there's, oh, there's Winnie the Pooh and, there's, and, and they're just so happy and, 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 and you're happy because they're happy, amen, and, and isn't it funny, you've given them nine hours of happiness, Sister Priscilla, and all of a sudden the fireworks show happens and you tell the kid, okay, we're going to go back to the hotel and then what happens they're not happy <laughs> you had mickey mouse for nine hours you little brat go to sleep and we might come back to <laughs> you saw everything that i'm gonna peel your ears back get to the hotel right but i want to and they're crying and they're throwing a fit and they cry all the way to the hotel room and they pout and they get depressed and they show it like this and you got $85 worth of souvenir cups sitting that you're never going to use them again. They don't even make the ride home because you don't got room. And you wake up the next morning and you say, okay, we're going back to Disneyland. And boy, they're so excited. We're going back to Disneyland. And then you go back and it's the happiest place on earth and you buy those same stupid souvenir cups again. And you carry them again, you give them, I'm, I'm preaching in this place this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you buy them cups again, amen, and, 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 and you, the, man, the kids are just standing, and it's like, you, I don't understand, you just saw Goofy yesterday, and you act like you've never seen him before, and, but what happens? The electric parade, they're coming through there, and they're doing their show, and the robots are waving, and they're doing, and it's the parade, and the fireworks go off, and you're, and you're bracing for it. Oh, we had a wonderful time, and five more minutes, five minutes. No, they're closed. They're going to arrest us if we don't get out here. They're going to put us in jail. 
there's five more minutes. And it goes from the happiest place on earth, amen, to the most tragic place on earth. You want to know why? Because happiness is temporal. And a lot of you, if you'll be honest with me this morning, this is how most people live for God. They're happy at church. They're happy when a blessing comes their way. But the moment the bill comes in, the moment there's a little bit of resistance, the moment they pray and don't get a goosebump, the moment they worship and don't feel the Holy Ghost just flow, the moment things don't go their way, they go from the happiest place on earth to the most tragic trial they've ever walked in. That's why the prophet said, not with happiness you draw water, but with joy, because joy is not based on the circumstance. Hey Amen. I can be homeless and have joy. I can be hungry and have joy. I can have cancer and have joy, because my joy is not based on things. My joy is based on him and my Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. With joy shall you draw water. David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. I think we go far too long without getting excited about our salvation. That's why after a while... Amen. A, a preacher's got to preach something that's out, you know, kind of something you never heard before so we can get excited about it because after a while, Acts 2.38 just don't turn the crank anymore. It just doesn't get us excited like it used to. But the apostle said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Amen. Restoring to me the joy of thy salvation. With joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. See, my, my joy is not predicated on my circumstance. It's predicated on my Savior. Amen. 2020, a lot of people got excited over a politician. And then they lost hope. Or in 2016, they lost hope. In 2020, another group gets excited. I'm going to tell you, if your joy, if your happiness, rather, is predicated on who's holding office, if it's predicated on gas prices or a job or a person, you're going to live for God like this. But the moment you don't allow circumstances to dictate your joy, you realize I can be in a desert and still have joy. Because my joy is based on the fact that I can draw water from the wells of salvation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning at verse number 1, says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud. And in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. 
And that rock was Christ. There's water in the rock today. There's water in the rock today. And with joy shall you drink water from the rock this morning. Sin weighing you down, come to the rock of, the, of your salvation. Life stressing you out, come to the rock and get a drink. Say, no, 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 water don't come from a rock. Naturally it doesn't. But spiritually it does. And Paul said they all drink of that rock which followed them. And that rock was Christ. There's water for you this morning. There's water to quench your spiritual thirst. And there is water to wash away your sins. Oh, I feel his presence in this place right now. We used to sing the old song that says, I, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountains and the mountains stand by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ, that solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter and when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Stand with me this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I don't know what your situation in life has brought you. You may have been saved for years. Maybe, maybe you've never given your life to God completely. But I'm going to tell you, there's still water that flows from the rock for you today. Say, Pastor, I've already been saved. How does this apply to me? Because you need to go back and draw some fresh water with joy. God didn't call us to be buckets. He called us to be rivers. That living water can flow through. See, buckets become stagnant. We used to sing that old song, Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. I hate that song. That's one of my top five wish I'd never sing again songs. Most pitiful. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. He didn't say he's going to fill up a cup. He said out of your belly will flow rivers. Rivers of it. You know why you don't want to fill up a cup? You ever put water in a bucket and left it there for a while? Isn't it amazing how bad it starts stinking? Starts turning color. You look in there and there, all of a sudden it's growing algae and parasites. And there's, isn't it amazing how worms just show up in there? And all kinds of nasty. You wouldn't drink that water. You wouldn't drink that water. It'd make you sick. See, that's a problem with some people that live for God. They take their salvation and they put it in a bucket. And they're never able to effectuate change in anybody or lead anybody to the Lord or be effective in advance or have joy. 
because after a while it just starts stinking and all of a sudden all of a sudden there's parasites in there and it's not as beautiful as it used to be I'm telling you this morning you need to let water flow from the rock into your life you need to ask God this morning to baptize you fresh in the Holy Spirit you need to ask God this morning Lord fill me with the Holy Ghost I want that John 7 that you were talking about I want it to flow out of me rivers of living water amen I want to go back to the to the well of salvation and draw out water with joy anybody know what I'm talking about this morning maybe you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost guess what today is the day and now is the time you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost as they did in the book of Acts chapter number 2 chapter 9 chapter 10 chapter 19 when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit and it was evidenced by speaking in tongues you can receive that this morning because there's water from the rock for you today there's water from the rock for you I want you to lift your hands with me over this building just before we open these altars and we're all going to come down here and pray I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray Lord I need some water today I need a fresh touch of your spirit. I need a renewal of your spirit. Maybe you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost as they did in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they all began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You can receive that this morning. Amen. You can receive that this morning. Amen. Last Sunday, somebody received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can get it this Sunday. It's for you right now. It's for you. There is water in the rock for you. There is water from the rock for you. And it's not just any rock. It's Christ Jesus. You can drink of the same rock that Moses drank from. You can drink of the same rock that Aaron and Joshua and Miriam drank from. You can drink from it right now if you wish. Because with joy you can draw water from the wells of salvation. I'm going to open these altars right now. If you need a fresh touch of the Lord in your life. If you want God to feel you fresh again maybe for the first time or for the ten thousand time you just want to be renewed in the spirit come on come on everybody come down amen he's moving in this place right now you can be renewed you can be filled this is not an accident that you're here god's designed this moment for somebody for somebody to receive his spirit for somebody to be renewed by his spirit somebody to be changed are you thirsty are you thirsty this morning are you thirsty from walking in a dry place has life caught you in a desert has life put you in a dry place do you feel that you're caught between a rock and a hard place well turn to the rock turn to the rock right now and drink from the well that never runs dry come on come on that's it in the name of Jesus, go ahead. Go ahead. That's it, that's it. Stretch those hands and surrender this morning. 
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.